Hey, Alarmy. If you're looking for a new addition to your weekly true crime lineup, there's a podcast I want to tell you about called Generation Y. Every week, hosts Aaron and Justin sit down to discuss a new true crime case covering every angle and theory, walking through the forensic evidence, and interviewing those close to the case to try and discover what really happened. In a recent episode, they look into the case of Dorothy Jane Scott. In May of 1980, near Anaheim, California, Dorothy drove a friend to the local hospital to get emergency treatment. Then, while he waited for his prescription, Dorothy went to grab her car to pick him up at the exit, and she would never be seen alive again. I'm about to play a clip from this episode of the Generation Y podcast. While you're listening, follow Generation Y on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, we're talking about the May 28, 1980 abduction and unsolved murder of Dorothy Jane Scott in Anaheim, California. On the night of May 28th, at around 9 p.m., Dorothy was at a work meeting. And she noticed one of her work colleagues, a man named Conrad Bostron, appeared to be under the weather, and he had an inflamed red mark on one of his arms the size of a golf ball. It was suspected that this was a spider bite. Now, if they were in our state, it would be assumed it was a brown recluse, but they're in California, so they have black widows out there. Dorothy and another work colleague, Pam Head, decided to talk to Bostron see if he'll get medical attention. So they leave this meeting prematurely and they drive him to a local health center, the UC Irvine Medical Center in Dorothy's white 1973 Toyota station wagon. Now on the way, Dorothy stops off at her parents' house to check on her son and she changes her scarf because I guess she was in her work clothes. So she puts on a red scarf and they head out to the hospital. It was determined at this hospital that the cause of the red mark on Bostron's arm was a black widow bite. So while he's being treated for his injury, Dorothy and Pat waited for him together in the waiting room. And while there, they were watching some television, reading some magazines. So this treatment took about two hours. And by 11 p.m., Bostron was released from the hospital. Because he's suffering from this bite and is having trouble walking and probably gave him some stuff at the hospital, Dorothy tells him, hey, wait at the exit. I'm going to go get the car and pull it up so you guys can get it. I mean, this is the right thing to do. This is the polite thing to do. Like, don't walk all the way to my car. I'll just roll up for you. They're also waiting, actually, for a prescription for antibiotics that he had been prescribed by the doctor. They use the bathroom. They get the antibiotics. And then they wait at the exit for Dorothy. But eventually they feel like, what's going on? Because she hasn't shown up yet. So they go outside. They're waiting until they see Dorothy's car barreling out of the parking lot. The high beams are on. So it's really bright. They can't see who's driving. All they know is that's probably her car. And it's speeding at us and away from us through the parking lot. They say that they waved their hands. They say there's no way she could have missed us. The car made a right turn and we started running after it, but the person driving sped up. Now, at this point, Aaron, they're assuming that Dorothy's driving. They're assuming that maybe she got a call about her son, something happened. You know, they're trying to make sense of this. 
But at the same time, I'm thinking, let's say something did happen to her son. Who would know to call the hospital and how would the hospital page her to let her know that her son was in trouble? I mean, they're trying to think positively, like there's something that she needed to attend to. But when you really analyze it, I think common sense is something's seriously wrong here. So this is concerning. And I don't know about you, but I would immediately go to something is really wrong here because this is not the way Dorothy behaves. And because this driver appeared to go at them and then pass them with the high beams on, it really seems like they're trying to obscure who's in the car. They don't have cell phones, so they can't call Dorothy. They can't call anyone immediately to check. So again, they think maybe she had to go do something and she's coming back. So they wait. They wait for her to return for two hours. And then they finally just think she's not coming back. So they tell the hospital police, hey, we need help here. Our friend is missing. But the hospital police didn't seem that concerned. They just seemed to think, well, she left you here. Not much we can do about it. But the hospital allows them to call Dorothy's parents. And her parents say, we haven't seen her either. We don't know where she is. So this is really confirming that something's wrong. Pam and Conrad attempted to locate Dorothy, but no one has seen them. They were unsuccessful for hours. They end up calling the police, the real police, not the hospital police, to file a missing persons report. And I guess that didn't really go anywhere either. So obviously, they're left with little choice but to call the police and file a missing persons report, which is taken. And according to Pam, they went over to where Dorothy's vehicle had originally been parked. And they found a couple of interesting items. They found a box of Kleenex tissues and a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. This gives me a weird visual of a man crying and smoking cigarettes by her car. We're not really sure if the police did anything with this evidence because maybe they're questioning whether it was actually tied to whatever happened. But other people would say, if you're calling about a missing person just hours after you'd last seen them, the police may not feel like it's a priority. After all, they didn't call and say she was abducted. They just told them what they knew. So other than these items being found, there's no evidence of a struggle. And there are no people coming forward saying, I heard or saw something. You can listen to Generation Y ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.